Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Last Drinks. This episode I am really excited about sharing with you guys and it's probably going to sound really nerdy, but I want to talk about the humble art of journaling and how it helped me so much in my sobriety and it has helped me so much in life in general. Now, before we even get started, if you're sitting there going, I'm not a writing guy, I'm not a pen and paper gal, I, I'm online or forget about it, just hear me out. If you are a writing person, then I've got some great tips and tricks for you. I've also got like a little bit of nerdy, sciencey stuff as to why writing things down can be really helpful. But if writing is not your game, I want you to just have an open mind and just entertain it with me just to see if it might be another little tool in your sobriety toolkit. So I'm going to start off by just explaining, I guess, my relationship with journaling. I have forever loved writing. When I was in year five, oh my God, this is so nerdy. When I was in year five, We used to watch a show, and this is like a full shout out to the kids who were in primary school in the early 90s, like myself. When I was in primary school, we used to watch this show called BTN, Behind the News. And it's this is way back in the day, right, where in the school classroom, there would be a TV, like a fat back square television mounted on like a trolley and they would wheel the trolley into the front of the classroom, place it in front of the blackboard. Any millennial listening to this is going to have no idea what I'm talking about. They would wheel the TV into the classroom, plug it into the PowerPoint and switch it on and we watch Behind the News. And then at the end of Behind the News, we'd have to choose one story from BTN and write not an essay because we were in year five, but like a report. And I remember... Every week, week on week, I would get an A triple plus for my written report. I've just always loved writing. And I remember thinking in year five, oh, maybe I'll be a journalist because I love, I just loved writing. This was also in an era where computers were not an option. Um, I think there was one computer in our whole school and it was in the computer lab. And so we didn't have, I didn't know how to touch type when I was in year five. I, I don't even think, we may have had a computer at home, but I, I was probably using it to play solitaire. I wasn't using it to type or tweet or, you know, there was no online life. There was no social media. So maybe that's why I just, for me, pen and paper 
has always worked. I'm I'm a hard copy gal, you know, and so even today when I do my breakfast show in the mornings, I do I host a breakfast radio show and I have um, a notebook in the studio and I have a I have a pen and I'm constantly writing down notes. I do have my laptop in front of me as well so I can look articles up on the fly or, you know, fact check our producer, which he loves when I do. (laughs) But I am just a write it down kind of person. So for me, it's it's always been a part of, of my life, writing. From a very young age, I enjoyed it. I did. I excelled at English. I was excellent at all of the topics at school, all the subjects at school that involved writing essays. I did three unit legal studies, you know, for my senior years at school. And I wasn't excellent at maths or the sciencey type of stuff, but I loved all the English and and linguistic type stuff. All through my life, I've kept a journal. When I was a teenager, it was a diary. And I remember I used to have this code in my diary where I would probably write in my diary every second day. And looking back on it now, it was probably about the fight that I had with Rachel from school or how I didn't like Kylie's new haircut, you know, just trivial, just dumb stuff, Um, which to be fair, if I had have put in an online forum may have been considered bullying at the time. But these were my thoughts that I was keeping private because I would never share my diary with anyone. It was mine. It's my sacred space. It's my safe place. But I had this code in my diary when I was 14 and at the top of each, so I, it would, I think I would write dear diary and then like today and then, you know, write my entry and I'd always write love Maz. I'm writing it now as I'm saying this, love Maz. And at the top of each page, I would write the name of the boy that I had a crush on at the time. <laughs> so if we're talking like 1994, it would have been Cody. And then under that, I would write a number. And the number was the number of sit-ups I had done that day because I wanted to have fantastic abs. (laughs) So I had this like little code, like this little legend in my teenage diary and I stumbled upon them a few years ago and I just lost it laughing. It's so embarrassing and so cringe. But I've always been in the habit of vocalising my innermost thoughts through the art of writing. So these were my personal diaries. These were my private thoughts. These have never been shared with anyone. I would never, especially today, let anybody read these diaries because they're mine and they're precious. And I think because I've always upheld this, I don't know what you'd even call that, like they're prized. These journals are prized. I respect the written art form in a way. And it's definitely something that we've lost as a society. I mean, I remember later in high school, I had a pen pal because we didn't have Facebook. So I would write to Romina in Paraguay because she came to Australia on a school exchange program. And when she went home, we kept in touch via letters. We were pen pals. And it was only about three years ago that we we have now reconnected on Facebook. She's, you know, living back in Paraguay and she's married and she's got a beautiful family and we've reconnected. But she scanned a couple of the letters that I had written to her. And she was like, can you even believe like our correspondence and how we were getting to know each other and the things that we would share? And it was so beautiful just 
reading back on and, you know, just seeing the quality of my handwriting and how accurate the information was or inaccurate because, you know, sometimes I would just blow things out of proportion to try and sound cool. I think the art of writing is something that as a society we have just completely let slide and I think that that is the compromise of technology but it doesn't mean that writing isn't something or a skill that you can adapt and and kind of cycle into your life and use it as a tool. Um, so the number one thing that I will say is that if you write down your personal, most intimate thoughts on paper in a journal and stick it on your bookshelf, that is never going to hurt anyone. That's never going to get you in trouble. But when we get online and we write out our feelings with urgency and intensity and post something, that can hurt people. And I think that there is a way where we can self-counsel through journaling and we can figure out how we really do feel by writing down our thoughts and feelings with a pen and on some paper and then read it back and assess if that is really your truth or if that is a spur-of-the-moment spike in frustration or if it's a retaliation or if it's not your best response. So there was a study commissioned in Britain by Doc Mail, which is a printing and mailing company. And the results of this study found that one in three people that was included in this study, one in three people had not written anything by hand in the previous six months. And on average, the participants in this study had not put pen to paper in the previous 41 days. Now, as somebody who writes daily, I don't keep a daily journal, but I, as I said, for my radio show, I write notes daily. I leave, note, I leave post-it notes at home for my family, telling them that I love them. I color code my kids' lunch and snacks for my mom when my mom looks after my child. Like I, I love writing things down and I can't imagine it not being a skill for me. But again, if it's something that you are not used to, if it's something that you're out of practice doing, that would be really tricky because it's not your first thought. Your first thought is like get out the iPad or, you know, um, fire up notes on your iPhone and take some notes down or voice memo or you know, ha- however else we can document things now. There's so many different ways. Also in the United States, they're kind of making allowances for the fact that texting an email has replaced the humble letter. Like the the pen pal that I had, the letters that we sent each other, you know, that's not a common occurrence anymore. When you've got Facebook Messenger and you can hit your mate up who lives in the UK in, in a matter of seconds, students are taking notes on their laptops in cursive writing. So since 2013, kids in the US have been required to learn how to use a keyboard and write in print, so write in this cursive writing, but they no longer have to get their pen licenses, really. The fact that we're not teaching writing as a skill anymore is not really going to help people 
who want to grab a pen and paper and, you know, write down their personal feelings or, or whatever and not have it open to the world to be hacked or posted or what have you. I guess that's a little bit of a history lesson on where we're at with writing and the future of writing. I really hope that um, after this episode, if you're not a writer, that you'll just grab paper and a pen and just, I don't know, just write write a letter to your family or write a letter to yourself or just write, just start writing. And I've got a bit of research as well on why this is really helpful, why pen and paper is more helpful than keyboards. But before I get to that, I just want to tell you guys about how journaling helped me in my sobriety. So journaling has helped me my whole life. I am a goals-orientated person at the beginning of every year since since I can remember, I would write down the things on a list that I would want to achieve that year. On that list for a few years in my early 20s was I want to be a VJ on MTV. In 2004, on the 4th of June, I was, after several auditions, offered a contract with MTV to be a VJ to launch the show TRL. Now, for those of you who don't even know what MTV is, it was back in the day, it was a very popular music TV channel um, based out of the US and they had this huge flagship show that was in Times Square that they used to film live. Carson Daly was one of the original hosts and it was called Total Request Live, TRL. Now, the reason that I'm sharing this story with you is because what you may not know about this story is that Nine years before 2004, when I got the job at MTV to launch TRL in Australia and be the very first VJ on TRL in this country, I wrote down in my diary that I wanted to launch TRL in Australia on MTV. Now, let me context this for you. In 1995, when I was 15 years old, I was the president of the environment club at high school. I barely had boobs. I was not one of the hot girls. I was a major nerd and I loved writing in my diary. (laughs) And I got this crazy idea that I wanted to be a VJ. I wanted to host a music show. I was starting to really get into pop music, you know, like my Madonna CDs and my Janet Jackson CDs were all scratched from me playing them so much on my CD player. Oh my God. If you don't know what a CD player is, just Google it. But I wrote in my diary that I wanted to host TRL in Australia and that didn't even exist at the time. And looking back, that was a crazy and a wild and an outrageous pie in the sky kind of dream. But I wrote it down in my diary. Now, not everything that I've written in my diary has come to pass, but this did. And there is something I believe that happens when you write it down. And I don't want to get all like religious on you at all. I have a faith system. I believe in in a higher power or the universe or God or whatever you want to say. We're all energy. But I truly believe, and it says it in the Bible, write down the vision. Without a vision, we perish. <laughs> and I really believe that when I wrote that down, I didn't like carve it into stone, but it's like I documented it. And somehow I think when you document things, the universe agrees with you that you've become accountable to that thing. I know that sounds a little bit 
woohoo, <laughs> like a little bit, okay, Maz. But that's how I feel. I'm so passionate about this. So, yeah, the backstory about me getting my gig on MTV is the interesting part. I mean, the fact that I got a job on MTV in the first place still baffles me. Like I remember asking years after I got the job, the guy that hired me, my EP, Ian Thorley, who I just am so indebted to for taking a risk and hiring me with zero TV experience and just I think I got hired on my energy levels and my enthusiasm and and not my skill set. But I don't know, like I used to write in my diary like, I want the executives at MTV to have a vision in their head of me. Like who writes like that? This was, you know, I had a job at a radio station, but I wanted a job on TV and I just was almost obsessed with it. And I remember writing like I I just want the executives at MTV to to, to have me in their mind when they are casting for a VJ role basically. And so after I got the job, like a few years later, I, you know, reconnected with my EP and I was like, I said, I never really had the conversation with you, but like, what was it about me that made you go, oh, she's the girl that we need? And he said, it's so weird, Maz, but it's like, I just had this vision of you in my head, but I didn't know it until I met you. And then when I met you and I saw your audition, I was like, oh, that's the girl. Like it was a no brainer. And I just, there's something so powerful about writing things down. I'm a super manifester, like manifesting stuff I think is, I don't know if it's a superpower. I think everyone's got access to it. But after my whole TV career, the next thing I wanted to do was I wanted to host a breakfast show on Sydney radio and without going into all of the boring details, but, you know, a few years later I wind up on the Sydney breakfast show and my face is on bus stops and billboards and and all of the things. And um, that was actually the first year that I went sober, 2015 was when I landed that job and I had written it down. I'd written it down and I'd gone into detail and I I created it on paper and then it jumped off the page and I lived it. So that's a little bit about why I guess backstory-wise journaling has always been really prevalent in my life. And so when it came to my sobriety, I journaled every single day of that first month. So how I came to sobriety, and I'll share more of my story as this podcast unfolds. In fact, I'll probably... I'll probably just do a whole episode on like my entire sobriety journey, which I haven't done yet. I haven't shared with you about my last drink yet, but we'll get there. But I took a month off alcohol and every day I wrote down in a journal how I was feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and just reflective thoughts. And nothing really made sense. I would just write and write and write and write, and then I would close the book. And then the next day I'd just write and write and then close the book. And then at the end of the month, when I was like, I'm going to keep going because this is, I feel great. And I had this sort of paradigm shift on about day 21 or 22, where I felt like, oh my God, I just felt like someone flicked a switch on in my brain. And I was like, oh my God, look at all the pretty lights. And so I was journaling sort of all of that, but I didn't read it until at the end of the month when I decided to keep going on this sobriety journey. And when I read back through my journal of that month, I was in tears, but in the most beautiful healing way, because I got this beautiful insight into this month long journey I'd had overcoming a dependency disorder. 
when I read through those pages, I was like, oh my God, there's my brokenness. Oh my God, there's my shame. Oh my God, there's my fear. Oh my God, like these are my feelings. And then I was like, oh my God, this is me. This is the person I've been running away from. This is the person, these are the feelings that I've been trying to suppress. This is the fear that I can't deal with. And it's like I had my biggest reason for choosing sobriety for the rest of my life in this neat little package written out by me. And it was the most amazing way to get to know myself. And so I can only encourage you. I can't make you do anything and I'm never going to try because I've realized I can't control other people. I can only control me. But I hope that that this story is encouraging and that it will encourage you to pick up a pen and get a piece of paper or a journal and write out where you're at. And whether you've started your sobriety journey or whether you're five years down the track or whether you are not even there yet, just start writing how you are feeling. Um, You can write letters to yourself. You can write letters to other people. And it's just this really great way of venting but it doesn't have to be this public display where everyone can see into your innermost thoughts. So another thing that I wanted to share, it's from, this is from the um, Journal of Psychological Science. So for all of the psych nerds out there, I actually have started studying a Bachelor of Psychological Science. Um, So anything psych news or neuroscience, I am super into So this was published in the Journal of Psychological Science. And two US researchers, Pam and Dan, um, claim that note-taking with a pen rather than a laptop gives students a better grasp of the subject. So this was conducted at Princeton and the University of California in LA. They focused on 300 students And um, so students who took longhand notes were better able to ask questions on the lecture than those using a laptop. And so the science is there. The science is there saying that people working on paper rephrased information as they took notes, which requires them to carry out this preliminary process of summary and comprehension. So when you're taking notes physically with a pen, you're using that part of your brain where you're reinforcing the information because you're paraphrasing. Paraphrasing is one of the best ways to remember. Rather than remembering things verbatim, repetitive word for word, if you can absorb information and then like vomit it back out, but in your own way, you get ownership over the information and that is comprehension. And so on the flip side of that, those who were working on a keyboard tended to take a lot of notes and sometimes making literal transcripts, but they were unable to reiterate that information and recall that information clearly. The other beautiful thing that I love about handwriting is it's so personal and it's so intimate. You look at somebody's handwriting and it's different to the next person's. It's sort of like your fingerprints. It's like your own little expression. And if we're all just, you know, bashing away on our keyboards and then, you know, making it some Playfair display font, for example, it's not the same. Like it's not the same individual personalized stamp that handwriting has. And I think that sometimes when you read someone's 
actual handwriting, it moves you more. It evokes more emotion because it's it's human, whereas computers are not alive. But our handwriting is a part of us. It's us bearing our soul. It's this really kind of beautiful peek into someone's soul in a way. I know I'm getting so deep on this, but it really is this like beautiful gesture that's charged with emotion. And so it's charming and it's beautiful and it's it can be sad, but all of those things are good because the thing that makes us human is our ability to feel emotions. And when we can express those emotions, that is the human expression. It's what makes us us. And that is what I think we need to encourage more within ourselves and each other and in this community of sobriety. Get real with your story and get a pen and a, and a journal. And, you know, another another tip is I always buy beautiful journals. I spend money on beautiful journals and I invest in what I'm going to write in. And I know like I do have a crappy notebook in the studio at work, but that they're not notes that I'm keeping and you know that's just how I that's just how I operate. But when I'm journaling and when I'm you know reflecting or when I'm trying to figure something out and I'm writing it in a journal, I buy a beautiful journal and it ends up being a big mess, but that's fine because I go back and I you know reorganize my notes and I realize other things and it's not you know when you if you ever did get the the joy of reading my journal which you're never going to but if you did you just see that it's not perfect but it's this beautiful mess and I think that that's what I am I'm a beautiful complex mess and a lot of us are and so journaling truly helped me really solidify my sobriety in those early days. And it's something that helped me love myself again, because it helped me get to know myself again. And so I cannot encourage you enough to get a pen, get a piece of paper or a beautiful book and just start writing it out. Something magic happens when we write the vision down. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Last Drinks. And oh, oh, hilariously, after my rant about getting a pen and a piece of paper and writing down your innermost thoughts, hit us up on Instagram. (laughs) But um, if you want to reach out, you could send us a letter. You really could. Um, But for the purpose of communicating with you guys and um and building a beautiful community i'm doing that i am i've tapped into the devil of social media and um and we do have an instagram if you want to reach out i would love to hear from you um if you've got a question if you just want to share um write it down for you and then just give like the you know the shortened version and send us a dm we're at last drinks pod on social media Um, I love hearing from you guys. I'm loving all the feedback. And if you want to share your story of sobriety, tell me about your last drink. Um, Absolutely open to sharing as many stories and gathering as much wisdom as possible so you can reach out on social. But definitely get a pen and a piece of paper as well, okay? Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.